0: Guess who's back? Brown, Brown, back again. Brown, Brown, Kim is back. Brown, Brown, tell a friend. Brown, Brown. And that is the cringiest intro I've probably ever done in my entire life. If you're new here, welcome to Deadlifts and Daddy Issues. My name is Quinlan Bryan. I am your CEO, your founding father, your birth giver, creator. Content maker, editor, everything that you have to have to have a podcast—that's me. This is my podcast, and I'm so excited that you're here. If you're not new here, hey, what's up? I missed you, and I'm glad that you're tuning in this week. Um, as you might have guessed, this is part two to Kim's episode, and I'm really excited for her to, um, for the rest of her episode to be published. She did an amazing job. She was so strong and so brave and went through this whole thing and I think I know that it's going to help a lot of people and um so we're coming back into um kind of the middle of where she was at. She had to take a potty break and she will tell you why as soon as we get there. Um she was water loading for meat that she fucking crushed and I'm so proud of her and I guess that's it. Um as far as me I'm like two and a half weeks out and I am probably just gonna have to shut the world out because I'm dead Fucking tired. My whole body hurts. I am exhausted, but we're almost there. It's almost game day, baby. I cannot wait to be in Kansas City with my team and some of the closest people in the entire world to me. All the hugs, all the squeezes, all the snuggling, all the lifting, all the screaming, all the crying. Oh god, I'm so fucking excited. I cannot wait. Um, Built Strong Championships are happening 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 happening. Uh November 12th and 13th. November 12th is the regular USPA day and the second day is reserved especially for our special olympians and not a dry eye going to be in the house. I cannot wait. Guys, that's really it. That's all I got this week. Um that and remember to use your fucking blinkers when you're driving, okay? <laughs> all right, here is part 2 of Kim.
1: I'm water loading. Because my meat's oh. on Saturday. <laughs> and it started raining outside and I was like, oh no, we're not, we're just it's we're not gonna make it. <laughs> anyway, okay. You're good. So, so the day of um <laughs> the day of Joe's first treatment, I get to the gym at five o'clock in the morning and he had mm-hmm. treatments on Fridays. And they send me up to the front desk to get towels which was odd but they Mm -hmm. i got sent up to the front desk to get towels and i come back in and the 30 people who are in there are wearing blue team go joe shirts
0: oh
1: um and they had one for me and so because i had asked people to wear blue on fridays on chemo fridays for joe like they Mm -hmm. and they post pictures to facebook and i would show him all the pictures of the people who were, like, thinking about him and sending him good energy and, like, prayers and thoughts and, you know, just just there with him. Yeah, absolutely. And it helped him. Because he was like, man, I'm a movement. <laughs> and oh. then I was like, all right, Joe, sit down somewhere. But, <laughs> uh, um, so he went through, that was April. That was April 25th. Um, that he started treatment. So March 25th, we found out it was back April 25th. He started treatments. Um, he went through seven chemo rounds and August 31st, he went into the hospital. We were in the hospital at five o'clock in the morning is what time he had to be there. I did not leave to go home until 1230 in the morning on the 1st of September, because that's when I was able to see him in recovery. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It was a 17 and a half hour surgery.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Um, They found the tumor they knew was there. And they surprised second tumor uh, um, that was in between, like, the loops of his small intestine. Oh, wow. So they took all of his guts out, ran everything looking for tumors, took out the tumors, made sure that they had clean margins from pathology, um, did the, uh, washed the whole belly out with chemo, put everything back in, sewed him up. Some to, to recovery. Um, he was fine. We thought weak, obviously. Um, right. Yeah. You know. So that was the first, the seventh or eighth. Um, he ended up having to have a second surgery because he sprung a leak internally in his small intestine. Because when they ran it, and it had been stuck together how it had been for so many years, a teeny tiny pinprick. Hole popped.
0: Like mm-hmm.
1: the doctor showed me a picture of it. Um, he's like, I just want you to see how small it is. It was like the the a, a writing pen, Boop. that small, but was leaking all of his guts into his abdominal cavity. Right. Yeah. So he developed sepsis again, and they put him on um antibiotics to try and you know fight it. And then on September twentieth at six o'clock in the evening, I spoke with his doctor on the phone. 'cause he was back in the ICU. And I said, Is Joe terminal? Do I need to get people here? Like, I just need to know if I need to get people here because we had made the decision for Joey not to come to the hospital to see Joe unless he was dying. Yeah. Um and Joe had said he didn't want like friends coming to see him unless he was dying. Like he was very clear about who he wanted to be at the hospital, who he didn't want to be at the hospital.
0: Yeah.
1: Um unless He was dying. Um, And the doctor told me, no, he's young because he was, he was 41. Um, He's strong outside of what's going on now. He's healthy Um, because I mean, truly he, he didn't have high blood pressure or diabetes or cholesterol problems or, you know, he was athletic. He was healthy outside of the, the cancer stuff. He said, his body is fighting an infection, but we've given him antibiotics. He's going to be fine. This is at six o'clock. I said, okay. And then I called my mom and I said, mom, I think you need to come up to the hospital because I just don't want to be here by myself tonight. So my mom and my aunt came up to the hospital to sit with me. And Joe stopped responding to me when I was talking to him. And I told the nurses and they called respiratory to come to put a BiPAP on him so that he could get some more oxygen because his oxygen levels were being a little weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Said, you know what? We're gonna go sit in the ICU hallway while well, y'all were doing that. We went in the ICU hallway, and within a minute after we were out there, they called the code blue, mm. and it was Joe, and he coded four times that night. Oh
0: my goodness!
1: Um, and the first one, my mom looks at me and she goes, "I wonder who that's for." And I was like, "Mom, <laughs> it's for Joe."
0: Yeah, right.
1: And she's like, "How do you know?" And I was like, "Well, because it was for the fourth floor ICU, which is where we are." And he was the only one who had doctors and nurses like huddled outside of his door. So, right, yeah, it was for Joe. Um, after the third code, the the doctor who, um, not his doctor, just the like the doctor who was in charge of codes or whatever came out to talk to me. I um, mean, he said, "Well, we've gotten him back," and I said, "Well, can I see him?" And he said, "It's really touch and go right now, so it's probably better that you stay out here." I was like, "Okay." Then he coded again. And after the fourth one, he came back and he said, okay, you probably need to make some decisions um, about whether you want us to keep fighting to bring him back or if you want to let him go peacefully. He said, what I can tell you is that as I'm shining lights in his eyes now, he's not responding. So the chances of him waking up and having any quality of life outside of being in a hospital bed are very, 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 I said, like, what percent? He said, maybe 1%. Mm. And I said, okay. Um, Then I need you to make it happen to where I can go in there and be with him. I said, I don't, I don't care. I I don't care what else is going on, but I need to be able to get into that room um, because I don't want you to do any more extraordinary measures because Joe was very clear um, that if it got to the point where they were, he was going to be bedridden for the rest of his life and unable to play with Joey and be with me and, and his friends and his family. Um, He didn't want that. Yeah. So, um, I was able to get back there and I was able to see him and I was able to hold his hands and tell him, you know, we are going to be okay. And at ten fifty one, he died. So and my dad was at home with Joey and he tells me at the same time Joe died, that Joey sat bolt up right in his bed and screamed and then laid back down and went to sleep. So I, you know, I'm sure that Joe came through. Um,
0: oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I believe that Joe is still, he still comes and he, he visits us butterflies, butterflies. Yeah. In. Yes. Um, when I'm talking about him, there are some times where he likes to really show off. Like I was telling a group of parents about him um, right before Andy and I got married. And um, I was telling them about how butterflies will come. And it was November in Jamestown on the coast of Virginia. Butterflies are not here. in November. Yeah. And a butterfly came and like flew around my head and then flew off. And they looked at me and they go, that's not supposed to happen right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, I told you he shows off. Um, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so after Joe died, um, who expects to be widowed at thirty-three? Right. Yeah. With a three-year-old. Yeah. You don't. That is not part of the plan. Yeah. Absolutely not. And I kept working out, and I kept trying. They talk about fake it till you make it, girl. Years after, I'm Jordan, sure. Or fake it till you make it, because you you put one foot in front of the other and you do the very damn best you can. And I would go to the gym. And that's the only place where I kind of felt like normal because yeah. I never, I never went with anybody else. It was always just me going by myself. Yeah. So I'd go and it was almost, it was almost like normal. Almost. Mm-hmm. Until um, somebody would ask how I was doing. And I was like, all right. I mean, I know again, that wasn't meant to be malicious or anything. It was just, no, because you ask how people are doing when they're going through hell. Um, right. Like, but, I mean, eventually I was like, what the hell do people want me to say that I'm fine? Like, I'm not yeah. fine. But I'll tell you I'm fine because, like, do you want to hear that every day getting up is torture? That I'd rather lay in my bed curled up in a ball? Um, that the only reason I continue to put one front of the other in, in front of the other is for my son? Like, right. like what do you want to hear all that? Nobody wants to hear all that. They want to hear, they want to ask and they want to hear that you're fine and then they want to move on. Yeah.
0: Like. What do you expect that someone's going to say when they just went through everything that you just went through?
1: Right. There were very few people that I was, like, really real about what everything was. Like, how I really felt. Um, And so, like, you know, went through the motions. And I swear to you, powerlifting saved my life. I had friends who from Jungle Gym who had started powerlifting. Mm -hmm. And... um, So it was jungle gym for forever when we would do our strength weeks because he had, we would have like bodybuilding style weeks. We would have powerlifting style weeks, except for we didn't bench, but like Mm -hmm. squat, deadlift and then Olympic lifts too in there, but it was strength week. And then we would have like teamwork week where we do like ridiculous things, tire flips and fire hose drags and things with a team for stupid numbers, but you would like 500 of whatever, but we would do it together, you know. Um, and then recovery week, which is all like burpees <laughs> and, and and body weight shit and like oh that was the worst week for me. I just <laughs> um, Yeah. But strength felt bad. week strength week I would lift with the boys. I wasn't even allowed to lift with the girls because I was I, I'm strong. Right. And so um I already knew strength was a strength was a strength for me. <laughs> um, yeah, it worked. And, you know, and so I had watched these friends of mine do this powerlifting meet, and I was like, "That looks cool." Yeah, but remember, and this is 2018, so this is almost two years after Joe died. Mm-hmm. Change the last time I had had change, it had been really hard and scary and terrible. Right. So, like, I was not inclined to change anything. Mm-hmm. But then we were scheduled to do 100 burpees for time, and after I did that, right. <laughs> i did that in jungle gym class i said yeah we're not doing that again yeah and no, that's that, awful that's a one and done for me um that's like a real life nightmare ew yeah it was it was terrible and these weren't like your half burpees it was chest to floor all the way down get up jump burpee all no, the whole you. thing a <laughs> hundred of them uh. It took me like 10, 11 minutes to do that. Oh, I girl, think it was, it was taking me like an hour.
0: Minutes. Are you kidding me?
1: I was very well conditioned to do these at this point because remember, I had been doing jungle gym for four years.
0: Yeah, but
1: okay. there, I mean, there were most girls were averaging somewhere between four and six minutes. So like, right. <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> it's a whole different world. <laughs> um, Not a world I want to be a part of. No, thank no, you. No, thank you. No longer. <laughs> um, So after that, I contacted my first coach who had coached my other two friends. And I was like, hey, Rich, talk to me about this powerlifting thing. Yeah. I was like, I just want you to do one program for me, like one set of programming. Let me see if I like this. And I remember that first week I was like, oh, my God, my everything hurts. Like I felt Mm -hmm. like the follicles of my hair hurt, like just all of the things hurt. And I was like, oh, my God, like. I want to get up and go to the gym. It wasn't just that, like, I was a creature of habit and needed to go to the gym. I want to go to the gym. And that was when I feel like this completely black cave that I had been in had, like, started uh, like, pinpricks of light. Mm -hmm. And so I did my first meet in November of 2018. It was supposed to be September, but Hurricane Florence, okay, was coming up the coast, and Mm -hmm. um, they rescheduled us for November because it was supposed to be a direct hit for Hampton Roads. Ended up not being because it turned and went into North Carolina, but you know, better safe than sorry. And I understand that.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Uh, I live in hurricane. We we, I got you. I understand better safe than sorry. I was hooked, girl. Like, and I remember my second meet was at. Um, Flex Gym in Virginia Beach it was um, Odin's too, too, and that is when I met um, that's when I saw Travis Rogers for the first time it's mm-hmm. when I met Jessica Rogers because she competed in that meet um, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking that they like I started following them immediately on Instagram and like just thought that they were such genuine amazing people and like yeah. watching Travis ref I was like that's really cool like I could see me maybe thinking about that later. Not mm-hmm. now. That was only my second meet, right? And you need some more time under your belt before you're sitting in a right. chair. And then I competed again in August at my home gym. Grabbed my first national record. And through all of this, too, so you, I met my husband, my now husband, Andy. Um, I met him after I started powerlifting. If I had not been powerlifting, he would never have wanted to have anything to do with me because I was so, the person I was, was scared Mm -hmm. all the time. Now, I'm still anxious. Yeah. I still have anxiety, Um, especially with, like, medical stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm Um, sure.
1: Like, COVID really caused, like, I was PTSD at the beginning of COVID. I'm Um, sure, yeah. I know people thought that I was nuts because, like... Andy would come home from work and I'm like, go shower. Yeah. And he'd look at me and I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. Put your clothes in the washer and go take a shower. Like yeah. <laughs> directly go goodbye. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you after you're clean. <laughs> um, I, I I don't do medical stuff well still. But um, if I hadn't started powerlifting, that scared, a not confident person who was really just living to make sure that her son had a parent, um, is not the person I am now. Andy has, um, he uh is so good, and you know, like the first he came to church with me and Joey, right after he and I met. And Joey looks at him and goes, "And Joe's, Joe was cremated, and his ashes are in the columbarium at our church." Mm-hmm. And Joey looks at Andy and goes, "Come meet my dad." And Aww. Andy did not miss a beat. Okay, let's go. Boom immediately like walks with joey into where joe's ashes are and like joey's like hi dad and this is andy and you know like andy just stood there and like talked to joe like yeah yeah you know like and it's funny because i um this is a total caveat but when i met andy i had dated somebody prior to him after joe died and that's part of like anyway that's a different a whole different yeah yeah, yeah (laughs) Um, but when i was like looking to start dating again i was like i don't want to date i just want the right person whoever it is to just kind of come into my life yeah um i'm not interested in this dating scene thing i'm too old um i have a very small child and i just i just don't want to keep bringing people around to meet him i just want the right one
0: yeah absolutely
1: You know, universe, I need you to just make sure that whoever is sent to me is the right person. Yeah. So I told you, Joe and I met December 22nd. I told you we were married on the 25th. Um, His diagnosis was the 25th. His um, first cancer treatment was on the 25th of a month. His funeral was on the 25th of September. Um, And I really tried to get it to be the 24th, but the church wasn't having it. It was the 25th. So Andy and I met on the 22nd of July. And he proposed to me on December 25th, which was five months and three days after we met. Same as Joe. Joe was five months and three days after we met. On the 22nd of December, he proposed on the 25th of May. Mm. So, not all, like, I know that he was sent into my life at the right time. um, And I'm sure that there, Joe had some sort of cosmic thing to, to, I told you, he likes to show off. Um, Yeah. But powerlifting in and of itself, like, So all these things have happened and I find as they're happening, I'm crawling out of this pit, Mm -hmm. right? Powerlifting the community in as a general whole specific people within the community have had a lot to do with it being a ref. And then this year um, after watching (laughs) Liz for almost a whole freaking year, (laughs) on Instagram um, and like every once in a while commenting on her videos and like when she was sick with COVID, oh my God, did you get COVID? Like, and you know, then getting a response back and chatting a little bit. Cause I saw her when she handled um, Jess, I ref the meet that Jess competed at at Great and Grizzled in Delaware when (laughs) Liz was there with her. And I remember watching and then I talked to Jess when I went to the cave in July um, last year saying, you know, so I know Liz does your coaching, like what's her style and talking to her about that. And like, just playing with the idea of, of having a, a woman coach. Cause both my guy, my co- coaches prior to um, Liz have were guys. Yeah. And they were great there. I have no, both of my coaches, Rich and Josiah were both wonderful coaches. Yeah. Um, But then deciding like, <laughs> I slid into Liz's DMs in December. I was like, do you have room on your roster for a nutrition client? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> and so like jumping in with Liz, and I know you guys, like you've, you've talked about this a bunch of times. There's something about her that like helps me be, gives me the courage to be the best person that I can be. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, absolutely. Um, it hasn't been until this year, 2022, where I finally feel like an improved version of the girl I was when I got married before yeah. all of this stuff happened. Because right. let me tell you, like, I would not trade my marriage to Joe. I would not go back and do anything differently. I would absolutely marry him 100% all over again and go through the hell that we went through yeah. Um, because I loved him and I still love him. And we have a beautiful, wonderful little boy. Um, I wouldn't change not one thing, not one thing. Um, not one. Um, but I have missed the person that I was before. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: Um, and with Liz, I, and the fortress, not just Liz, but the, the whole community found myself again. Um, I am stronger and more confident. And like I told you about how many times I've gone up and down, up and down, and my weight's gone up and down. And somewhere in between all this, I meant to mention that I've been diagnosed with binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. That happens somewhere in, um, in between yeah, just yeah, the first and yeah. second uh, cancer diagnosis. Um, so at least it all makes sense. The sensor that exists in people's brains to tell them to stop eating doesn't exist in my brain. So all those years where I was like, Oh my God, I have no self-control. No, I have, I have no sensor. It doesn't exist. I don't have one. It's not there. (laughs) Um, So yay for there being a reason. Um, But like I've found a way now through a hell of a lot of hard work, drop weight to To continue being strong but to also regain that fire and passion for life that I had when I wasn't that naive girl. Yeah. 15 years ago, 15 years ago, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. (laughs) Um, Shit. It really was 15 years ago. Almost 16. I'm old. (laughs) Um, And I'm so thankful. Like I am, you know, Liz and I were just talking yesterday. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for, the place that I'm in and the people that are in my life, whether they are in my life and I have them where I see them, like, you know, I saw Jess and Liz and um, Meg Z and Candace a couple weeks ago um, at Ocean City. And then I get to see them again this weekend at my meet in Val and I think Annette is going to be there um, and Ashley and Her phone looks so bad <laughs> um, and so I them this weekend and then in a month we're going to be in Kansas City um, don't remind me <laughs> um, and so like it's just so good it's so good and like a year ago I've been like yeah life is so good and life was very good. Right. But, like, now life really is. It is so good. And, like, I don't know. Um, I just hope that there are, you know, I don't hope anybody else is going through the hell that I went through. Because let me just tell you, it was hell. It was it was I'm hell. Sure. And there are some days where it is still, I'm still, like, September 20th every year I think is going to be okay. And September 20th every year I am, I am at the hospital. Like, I am,
0: yeah.
1: I can smell it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm there. Um, maybe one day I won't be, but we haven't hit that point yet. Yeah. Um. So like, I hope that there are people who, who maybe are going through hell, or who maybe are stuck and want to drop weight and can't, or maybe are like, there's nothing. I, I'm, you know, whatever size, and I can't. I there's nothing going for me. There is, and there will be and you can and there are like if I can help one person one person with any of those things like then I've done what I need to do like
0: yeah what an episode episode two finishing up Kim's story was fantastic right you have to agree you don't get an option to if you disagree I will hunt you down and I'll find you and it's not gonna be pretty okay (laughs) Kim, I know you're listening to this. Thank you so much for coming on and being a brave soul and sharing your story and just being you. Kim has held my hand the last like two or three weeks going into this prep and she like knows what days I'm squatting. She knows what days I'm benching. She knows what days I'm deadlifting. She's texting me and checking in on me and she's just been the like extra push that I've needed. I think you are a beautiful soul and a wonderful human being, and I am so, so, so just honored that I get to be a part of your life. It is almost meet day, which means I get to squeeze her along with my, all of my other teammates that are coming, and I get to meet everybody in real life, all these people that I've talked to, and I'm just so excited. Oh, Kansas City, you can't get here soon enough. So, I guess that's it, though, like, for this week. I don't have anything else to say. I don't have anything else to go into. I'm tired. It's my bedtime, and Mama Liz is very strict about my eating and my sleep and my rest and my recovery right now. So I'm going to go take my creatine and I'm going to go to bed and schedule this to publish. And you guys will all hear it tomorrow morning. Although it is tomorrow morning and you're listening to it now. Guys, you know the motto here at Deadlifts and Daddy Issues. Main character energy fucking only. We do not accept background characters. We do not accept secondary characters. We are all the main characters here. Main character energy only. Say it with me. Main character character energy only my kings my queens my everything in betweens have the best fucking week ever live your life to the fullest and walk as if you're in a book and you're the main character i don't know where else i was going with that but i fucking love you and i hope you have a fantastic week hey happy halloween bitches spooky season it's coming up may the peak or may Monday the 31st is the peak of our spooky season. Happy Halloween. Guys, I love you so fucking much and I will see you next week. Me and Val. Me and Val are coming back next week. Buckle up. Are you guys ready for that again? (laughs) I will see you guys later. I love you so much. Goodbye.